This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. TCU for me, it pushed me in ways I can't even recall because in the moment of TCU, it's hard. In the moment, it looked so impossible. But looking back on my time at TCU, the professors pushed you to be a really great human at TCU. That is the voice of Jackie Ray, who graduated from TCU with a degree in musical theater in 2016. Jackie will talk about the experiences she had at TCU, as well as her current role as an understudy on the national Broadway show Wicked. We're so excited today to be joined by Jackie Ray. Jackie is currently on tour, national tour for the Broadway show Wicked. And Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi! Oh my gosh, I'm just so happy to talk with you. I I just love my TCU frogs. (laughs) Well, before we get into what you're doing now, let's get started into how you got into TCU all those years ago. You you grew up in Georgia. What made you want to spurn the home state school and come to Fort Worth? I know, isn't it crazy? Well, okay, so I have weird ties to TCU. I was actually born in Fort Worth, Texas, um... Because my dad was teaching, or he was coaching football for TCU. So I was born in Fort Worth while he was coaching on defensive line back in 1994. And we moved quite uh, after I was born. So I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of memories about Fort Worth because I was so, so young. Um, But so it was very odd when I was applying to colleges when I was 18. And I was knew that I wanted to major in musical theater. So I kind of did the thing that is the normal now for kids who want to major in musical theater. And that's called you audition for every single program that has a musical theater BSA. And um, you with the, with the hopes that you get in and TCU was it for me. And so my, my whole family laughed at me that I was full circling back to TCU and back to Fort Worth. Um, So that was kind of, that's, that that was kind of a funny fact about me with TCU is because my dad and my mom had lived there. And then all of a sudden I was going to college there. So is there something special about TCU's uh, musical theater program over others, or what was kind of the the deciding factor in coming here? I think so. Now that I'm looking at the program and what I went through and seeing, you know, all these other musical theater programs, I think the biggest thing that I learned from mainly from Harry Parker, who is in front of or who is in charge of, you know, he's the, the head of the theater department. It's just that. You have to be a good human in order to be a good actor, in order to be, you know, that, that little line of succession there. And I just think that TCU has such great opportunities for kids who really want a concentrated conservatory-type program, but, you know, also want to be involved in school functions, like going to football games or getting involved in Greek-like or other clubs. And I do know that that's not the case with a lot of programs. A lot of programs are, you're there to sing, dance, and act, and that's about it. And um, so that was really cool that when I when I decided to go to TCU, I was like, I know I'm going to be getting good training, but I'm also going to be able to, like, have normal college experiences, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And so how did you know when you were 18 that you wanted to, this is what you wanted to study? Um, well, I'm kind of a late bloomer when it comes to this, this theater thing. And I was really, really shy when I was younger. 
And um, I was a tomboy. Oh, man. I just wanted to play every sport, and I just wanted to not be the center of attention, <laughs> which is completely opposite of what I do now. But um, my sister was actually the one who was a dancer when she was young, and she loved being on stage and loved being in the outfits and under the lights. And I remember in, I think I was a fifth grader, I was watching her dance recital, and I just had this weird out-of-body kind of moment, and I kind of like, I just remember that moment so vividly in my life and and up so young where a light bulb kind of went off and I was like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do with my life. But you know, at like 12, you're not quite sure what, how that is going to work. So, so, um, I just, it took me, you know, getting over my stage fright because I had tons of stage fright and it took me kind of maneuvering my way and finding my way and doing different activities and knowing that I didn't really feel or connected to those. I remember I was a cheerleader. I did, I got my black belt in Taekwondo and I was excelling at all these different things, but it just didn't feel right until finally in middle school, I looked at my mom and I was like, I think I'm supposed to be a performer. My mom was like, sure, sure, sure. So, so, so I think it's because I still had this fire and I knew at 18 that I, that this was the route that I was going to take. And I was to major in musical theater. I just think it's because I chose this for my life. It wasn't that my parents, you know, stuck me in ballet at the age of six, which is great if that's your path, but that wasn't mine. And I think it's still so important to me because I chose this for my living. And I knew that that there wasn't even like a weird discussion with my parents of a backup plan. It was, I'm going to school for musical theater. And I think that weirdly like propelled everything to follow that I didn't have a backup plan. You know, I didn't have anything to kind of fall back on that. It was I'm going to be a performer and that's because that's all I know. And that's all I, I've been training to do. So I, I think performing is just like any sport, any athlete. So we just, we have these weird passions that we just can't get out of our heads. And I, there was nothing stopping me and my sweet parents love them because they, they supported me a hundred percent of the way when they could easily say, sure, but you should do this as a double major or, or you should, you should do that on the side or, you know, like they were like, whatever you need to do, do it. And I couldn't thank them enough for that. So, cause I know that's not, sadly, that's not always the case. Yeah. And so how was it trying to balance schoolwork with your acting <laughs> and being involved as a normal student? Oh, um, because hard. actually probably your acting was your schoolwork. It was, yeah, it was hard. Um, I think like a good example would be, um, I was a theta at TCU and I had to go early alumni status my senior year because, you know, everything just, my plate was too full with theater and everything that demands out of the, um, the program. And I was also on scholarship with the theater department. I was a Norton scholar. And so it just kind of, I had a lot of things that I had to fulfill for my, um, my, my theater department, which was totally, you know, what I signed up for. But, um, yeah, it's always it's always funny looking back at my time at TCU and being like, hmm, oh wow, I really did sacrifice a lot, but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world because it 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 made me go where I am now. You know, it made, it propelled my work ethic and it propelled my brain and everything that needed to do to shift to New York City. And um, so yeah, so it's really funny looking back on being like, oh yes, mm, my senior year at TCU, I think I went to two football games. Very good. You just kind of do what you have to do. But the comforting thing is all of us theater students, all of us CFAs, we're all in it together. Not our, you know, if our department has, or if our senior class had something, a huge acting assignment that was due that next week, none of us were going out. 
we were all running lines and being crazy people and shoving ourselves in that theater building, practicing all the time. But that's just, you know, that's just what makes theater theater and practice makes perfect. And we were able to do that at TCU, but still have time to go to the blue. (laughs) And so when you were in class, was the focus that maybe a little bit heightened than it would be for other classes because you knew exactly what you were learning in this class was going to help you become an actress down the road? Yeah, it was. I think when I started TCU at 18, I was really kind of mad that we had to take so many core classes because, you know, every kid has to take, I think if I remember correctly, at TCU 12 credits or something, maybe it's higher now, I don't know. But uh, I I was so upset because I was like, oh, I thought I signed up to be a musical theater major. Why am I in math? Why am I in biology? Why am I in all of these different classes? But um, I now, as a 25-year-old who has been outside of, you know, being a student for a couple of years, it's so important as an actor to take other classes and to take other, you know, and to learn other disciplines other than, you know, the the strategy of acting and the the code of acting, <laughs> because if you, if we don't know what we're talking about at the end of the day, then we're not going to be believable and we're not going to be truthful. So I did, I, I have so many memories of sitting in class being like, why? <laughs> but, but I think at the end of the day, I'm so thankful that I, that I, I really exercised my brain and not only like my theater half of my brain, but my, my other intellectual half of my brain. And, um, so that was really fun. But we, we, of course, we had, we had amazing classes in the BFA uh, musical theater track that helped me really get ready for New York City and feel so comfortable being there. Um, and that, that has to do with a lot of our faculty. I mean, to shout her out, but to sweet Penny Ann Moss, who's one of our um, musical theater professors who, has, who did Broadway forever. And she's such a legend in New York. And TCU is so lucky to have her. So it's really nice to kind of go... Oh, wow. Like we, we got, we were taken care of from some of New York's best in Fort Worth, Texas. Like, you know, it's just, it's so funny to think about. And so aside from the classes and the professors that helped you out, what kind of training did you receive along your way to becoming an actor? Was it stuff you got before you got to TCU or was it after you got graduated? Or yeah. kind of how- I, I, I mean, I think I, I would, I would definitely <laughs> Sorry, you think I'm backstage at Wicked right now and you can hear popular going on. <laughs> but um, I, uh, yeah, I, I started, I think the biggest part of my, obviously, my, my education and trying to get me to where I need to go is TCU for sure. Um, but I think before that, when I was here in Georgia, um, I was a dancer before I found theater. So I went to a really, really great um, dance school called the Tony Youth School Performance. And it, it really... Now looking back on that time, they the, the husband and wife pair that own the studio really know what they're doing. Because even though it is a lot of rehearsing and dance classes that we took and co- dance competitions that they, they we all went to and loved, it just it, it ignited a work ethic in me that like I still hold to this day. And um, and I started opera training. I start, I start, started um, vocal pedagogy quite early. I think I was a freshman in high school or I was a sophomore in high school and I studied with a brilliant professor from the University of Georgia. So I kind of like got this like these like weird like 
Kickstarters, like very early. And I think I'm really lucky because I know a lot of kids in musical theater don't start with opera. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, so I feel very lucky that even when I was a teenager, I was, I was getting really good vitamins for what was going to start cultivating my, the performer that I am in my tools and my tool belt. And, um, yeah. And then, at, you know, at TCU, I mean, they, there's this, a funny saying where there's no better teacher for an actor than to be on stage in front of an audience to see what works. And we were performing all the time at TCU. And the great thing about what they do for us as theater students is that they, um, they craft their season, I guess, at TCU based on like there's one musical per, per semester and then the others are plays, but they pick such a wide array of genres of plays. And so I, looking back on every show that I did at TCU, it was all so different. It could be a crazy musical that I learned XYZ from, but then I was doing a crazy play that a professor wrote and set in this time period. And we had to, you know, so it was just, TCU really exposes us as musical theater students, especially to all these different types of genres of theater to get us ready for, you know, New York. And um, they know what they're doing, needless to say. (laughs) As Jackie was preparing for life after graduation, her career path actually was helped by her final project at TCU. Um, I kind of approached my end of my senior year. I loved Dallas and I really love Dallas. Can't wait to move back. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of was like, okay, they take the senior, uh, the senior class at TCU and the musical theater and acting department. They take them up to New York City and we do what's called a senior showcase. And the senior showcase is a, is a very branded crafted we spend a whole year on it kind of moment for you to get in front of the industry in new york city in front of casting agents in front of actual representation agents so to see if they want to you know take a chance on you and sign your you to their kind of client roster because that's really um, a key thing in new york city for you as an actor is to be represented by an agency who sends you out on different uh, audition opportunities so it is it is doable to maneuver New York City as an actor without an agent. I just think it's another person in your corner, and that can never hurt. But um, but so I, I told myself as a senior, I said, okay, I'm going to go through my senior showcase, and if nothing happens, I am totally good. If I just if I just stay put in Dallas for a year, build up my resume, do professional equity theater in Dallas Fort Worth, because um, in college I I would always stay in Dallas and Fort Worth and do shows with a lot of the equity professional houses in Dallas. And um, so I was like, I'm totally good if I just stay here. And if I don't get picked up by an agent, that is the biggest sign for me that New York is not now. It will be. I still have a fire to move there, but that's just not plausible right now. I'll try again later. But luckily, as you know, luck had it, um, I did get picked up by my wonderful agent, who I'm still represented by. And they, they said, when are you coming up here? When are you moving up here? And I was like, well, when do you need me? And they were like, well, as soon as you graduate. And so I said, okay. So I graduated in May of 16. And I had some work lined up after that. So I stayed in Dallas and I did a show in Dallas. And then I went and I did a show in Virginia. And then I made the move um, fall of 2016. And so that was kind of the biggest sign for me to transition to New York. I didn't really know when and if that was going to happen, but it happened very quickly, and um, I'm pretty thankful for that because I, I really do love New York, and I love everything about it. It's just so it's, – it might not be sparkly in 10 years, but, but it's still sparkly for me right now. 
And so did your agent already have shows lined up for you when you got up there, or was it just no, go up there? No, no, and... because I wish it was that simple. <laughs> no, he um he already had, like, auditions kind of lined up for me, because what happens is um, theaters, Broadway, national tours, regional houses, whatever, what have you, they they send out their audition notice to agencies in New York, and then an agent will kind of look at their client roster and say, oh, well, Jackie fits that bill. We're gonna we're gonna send in Jackie's information to see if 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 the casting agency approves our submission. So luckily, whenever I moved up there, my agents were pretty great and already had a couple couple projects for me um, to go out and audition for. So yeah, so it was pretty fast and furious. But that's kind of how New York works. <laughs> <laughs> and so what would you say was your first big break once you got up to New York? Well, my first job in in the city was a hard one, but I wouldn't change it. I booked um, Disney Cruise Line, so I and that was in like two weeks of moving to the city. And I was a little hmm. stunned because I was like, oh boy, I did not expect my first yes in New York City to be a cruise line. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do well on a cruise ship. Uh, what do I do? And my agent looked at me and were basically just said, well, you're very new in New York. You don't have a reputation here yet. I don't think it would kill you if you left for a year and came back and just made a lot of money. Because um, that, I think, is the, be- the biggest um, positive that I guess would come out of a cruise ship contract is the financial stability because you're not having to pay for X, Y, and Z, an apartment, utilities, nothing. You just are kind of living on the ship and pocketing all the money. And so my agent said that he thought that this was a great deal for me because I also was a bunch of principals in the show on Disney Cruise Line. So I said, okay, so I, that was my first big, you know, quote unquote, I don't, I don't really love using the term break because we're always working. You know what I mean? We're always trying mm-hmm. to keep leveling up, seeing how we can stretch and how much further we can go. But um, Disney Cruise Line was kind of that first um, project that I worked on from New York city. And I was, on the Disney Wonder for a year. So all of 2017, I was performing on a cruise ship and um, definitely highs and lows. Um, but I think if you can compartmentalize and look at all the little small, great things of a contract, it will go by in a heartbeat. And it did. I, I, I had amazing friends and I got pushed out of my comfort zone, which I didn't think that I would, I would be on Disney Cruise Line. I, I just thought that we were going to be doing, you know, cute Disney shows, but Disney knows what they're doing. And these shows are crafted and so magically, every pun intended. And um, and so I got I got to do a lot of great and fun roles in Disney Cruise Line. And that was my first long contract. So I kind of saw my stamina and how like I, I need how I can do in a 10 month contract. Because previous to that, geez, like theater contracts, especially regional gigs are three to four months, maybe like. So that was my first long time where I was with a project for 10 months. And so that was, I think that was a really good test for my 20, 22, 23 year old self to see what do I do to sustain a show for that long? What does my body need to do? What does my voice need to do? Um, well, getting to travel the world. So I, I'd say it was a pretty sweet gig and I don't, I don't regret taking that job at all. And so what characters did you play while you were on the Disney line? <laughs> um, well, it's funny. I, I kind of roll my eyes, but it's, we have to say we were friends with them because they, Disney has a rule to protect their character integrity. So okay. I was um, I was friends with Ariel, and then I um, I was in Frozen the musical where I played the queen, <laughs> and then I was in a, a Disney crafted um, kind of review 
called The Golden Nippies, where I was um, the lead of the show, and her name was Inside Benson. <laughs> so it was all just funny, quirky Disney amazingness. That's all I can. That's all I can think about from that contract was when we would look out into that audience and see all the kids just completely mesmerized by everything you were doing because you're playing Ariel and that little girl's dressed up as Ariel. Like it's, it's, it was pretty phenomenal. It was pretty phenomenal. So great memories from that contract. After spending a year on the Disney cruise line, Jackie was able to land her current role as an understudy on the show Wicked. I've known that Wicked has always kind of been a good fit for me. Um, my voice teacher in the city and I have been working on the material just so, just, just in, in case, just in, in case moment if I ever were to get called in and audition for the show. So I had, I'd sung through the score um, and I'd sung through Glinda before. So the, the music wasn't unfamiliar to me and it's Wicked. So I've been singing along to Wicked in my bedroom since I was 12. So I, I was familiar with the show, but it was back in the spring. I was about, of this year, I was about to go off to Detroit do a show in Detroit and I think it was a week before I was set out to go and do my show and I I took a class with what who is his name is Dan he is the music director and conductor of the Broadway show and he was he was doing a class and so I said you know what I should put my brave pants on and go take a class and it's wicked so I love singing the score so why not so I performed for him in his class that he taught, and it was just an audition kind of etiquette, um, audition wicked kind of master class. And he really, really thought I'd knocked it out of the park, and he called me in to audition for Wicked the next day. And um, by that point, I was about to go off to Detroit and do a show, and I was like, wait, I'm auditioning for Wicked, and I'm about to go to Detroit, what's happening? And um, so they said to let them know when I came back, and... I did. So I, I got back to the city uh, end of June, early July. And that's when I started auditioning more and more and more for Wicked. And they kept calling me back in. Um, the part that I am playing now is I'm in the ensemble and I'm understudying Glinda and Nessa Rose, Alphabet Sister. And the girl um, who I replaced, I guess I'd put in her notice. So this music director that I had harvested a relationship with from the class, he was like, yeah, your track has definitely opened up in the national tour. We're going to bring you in. So it was all of July and a little bit of August. I had a bunch of what we call just rounds where I would come in and I had material that the team sent me to memorize and audition with. So I had, I think I was something like I had four auditions. I think I had three auditions where they were all singing and acting. So I would do songs from the, the show, I would do songs that um, the ensemble sings as soprano, and then I would sing songs from as Glinda, and I'd sing Neth Rose, and then I would do sides, which are the dialogues. So then I would I would audition with those, and then I had one dance audition with our dance supervisor because my my role in the ensemble that I do every single night is a dance track. So they had to kind of cross off all of the X's with me and make sure that I I fit the bill for the role. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't until I think middle of August that I got, I know, I think it was beginning of August that then I got the call, you know, I had my final and that was in front of, um, some major casting people who kind of have the final say and who comes into the company. And then an hour later I got the call that I was joining, joining the tour. So, hmm. 
it all happened fast and furiously. And I feel very lucky that I, I, my journey, everybody's journey with this show. And I think bigger shows like Broadway and big national tours, we're all so different how we get to our final destination. And it just, it blows my mind that I just, you know, I kind of was in the right place at the right time. And the tools on my tool belt were what was needed for what was missing. So, yeah. So I just, I'm counting my lucky stars every day. Every day I perform and I look out into the audience and I'm like, I'm in Wicked. <laughs> it's just a random time in the show. It, I, it happens truly every single time, every single night. I'm like, oh, oh I'm here. Okay. <laughs> so, so that was my fast and serious journey. And how long is the current tour on for? Well, we don't have any notice of closing, <laughs> knock on wood. But um, the way that tours stay open is that um, cities and theaters kind of request that we come in and play their city. So I know that we are booked for the next, I know, I think two or three years. So um, I don't know. I, I As an actor, I don't really have a lot of that information of how well, you know, ticket sales are going or how we're selling out. But I do know on the website that we're billed until 2022. So I know the tour has been going for, for a very long time. The first national was released, I think, because Wicked opened in 2003. So I think the first national launched very briefly after that. And so I know I, we are on the second national tour of Wicked, the second launch. And I believe that this, this show, this tour has been on the road for, I think, 13 years. Don't quote me. Oh. My PR is going to kill me. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> like, I, I, so they, they've been on, this tour has been on the road for, I think, Somewhere between 13, 11 to thirteen years, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Wicked has any intention on closing anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and do a lot of actors stay on for that full time, or is it kind of like a hop on, hop off thing? Yeah, I think it is all just depends on what you need and how long you personally want to stay. Um, we as the ensemble have six month writers. So um, in March, I, I can I can renew my contract or I can leave. Um, but the minimum for ensemble is six and the principals are nine. And then you can choose to extend after that. And some people choose to extend and some people don't. It's very personal preference. Um, at the moment, I have, I think I'll, I'll be here for a year, but I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure. I could, I could stay for longer. I could stay for shorter. You know, I just, I think it all depends mm -hmm. on when, your contract renewal is coming up and what you're feeling at the time. But my intention is to be here for a year. And so what is life like? You've now done the Disney tour for uh, 10 months and now you're on a national tour. What's it like going city to city where you're not really going to home to an apartment every night? And how does that get to get used to? Mm, it, it, it takes, it takes a bit to get used to the cruise ship was a bit different because it, it was our home. So I could have a stationary home, even though it ironically isn't stationary. We're moving around. Um, I still had my own, you know, living quarters and the people were always the same. Our backstage crew sometimes would, would come in and come out and differ, but for the most part, everybody was the same. But with the tour, we're in different cities, like almost every single month. And we have to get acclimated to the new climate because the climate in the environment is very, you know, takes a toll on your body. There's different types of allergies, every type of city you go into. Um, your, your living situation is different every year living, you know, via two bags. And we have a system where we have trunks. So we throw things in our trunks 
And that's kind of how we live very nomadically. And, you know, I think you figure out very quickly if this tour life is for you, because it definitely isn't for some people and some people are very okay to leave after six months. But for me, it's just making sure you check in every city and find things that make it feel like home to you. So I have some certain things that I like to keep in my, if I'm in a hotel or an Airbnb or wherever I'm staying, I just have some little things that I like to make sure that I have to make it feel kind of homier and less like, I haven't been here before. Like when we were, I actually premiered in Las Vegas and Vegas is very fun, but I think I, I, I don't think I would love to live in Vegas. Me personally, it was just so beyond dry that it really dried out my vocal so I just made sure that even though I wasn't feeling my best in Las Vegas, that I would do things that kind of made me feel like I was home. And yeah, so it's, it's difficult, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's the job. It's the job. And we as actors have, have the choice to take it or not. So I think every job is what you make of it. So, um, mm-hmm. so those are, yeah, those are little things that I like to do. I like to have candles and I like to have twinkly lights and I like to have, messages and cards in my dressing room that make me remember about my my or make me think of my family and my friends and stuff like that so mm-hmm. the little things luckily I'm in Atlanta for a month and it's a wonderful homecoming because yeah I grew up here so it's it's very very really cool to get to play this show here every single show I have people from people who went to high school with my dad to people who went to elementary school with me to people who were my teachers in high school, like such random people are coming and supporting. And it's, it's just, it's, I don't know how to say thank you enough. These people who come and support the show and want to support me because they knew me when it's, it's really, it's really emotional. <laughs> and so when you, uh, you're on a, in a city for, it looks like, you know, three to four weeks, are you working every night? Do you get days off? Do you know that sometimes the understudy is going to go on and the, yeah, the main role so, is going to be given, you know, Thursday afternoon off or, or how does that work? So our basic um, week, our, our work week is we work from Tuesday to Sunday and we have eight shows that we play just like on Broadway. We do eight shows a week and on Monday, that's our day of rest. So don't know where along the line that that was the thing that was decided that Monday is the day of rest, but it is. So we that's that's our day off to kind of recoup and do what we need to do to do another eight show week. Um, but in terms of whenever um, an understudy is called on, it's 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 really a per actor kind of basis, really a per situation basis. Um, an actor could call out because they're feeling ill, they're feeling sick. Um, I, it's always discouraged to kind of come to work, especially where we're all working so intimate, uh, so intimately that if you're ill, you should just call out. And um, I've dabbled in my own kind of vocal health and where I've gone to work really, really ill and I've ended up really kind of damaging some stuff. So it's always best to call out. Um, but sadly for us who are the understudies, you know, we don't know that until probably the night before or the day of. So whenever we do get to go on, it's such a great blessing and it's such a great treat, but it is pretty last minute, which is the gig, but it is kind of, you know, it is frustrating because you want your people to be there for your, your, cause I haven't gone on for either of the, the roles yet. So I'm, you know, it, it is kind of like, Oh, well, will my family and friends get to see me when I debut. I'm, I'm not sure, but you know what, that's what, at the end of the day, that's what we signed up for to be the, to be the understudies. 
Um, but there are some situations where we have a master calendar and we know when people are putting in personal days and going on vacation so we can kind of see in advance when, when we will be going on. But, um, but that's a very per actor basis because some actors don't take vacation and they want to keep going, but some actors do. So the life of the understudy is very just, you got to get on your toes. You got to keep on your toes and always just make sure you're ready to go at the drop of a pin. Like for example, I think it was, Two nights ago, we had a principal call out 30 minutes before the show because something tragically happened to her hand, so she couldn't come to the show, and her understudy had 30 minutes notice. But you could <laughs> have so long of notice. It's just it's it's a crazy, crazy life being an understudy. But it's I wouldn't change it. I've never understudied before, and this is my first time, and I'm understudying two principals. So it's it's a it's a huge learning experience for my brain because I've always just had to take care of me. I've always had to take care of what what does Jackie need to do on stage, but now I have to I got to take care of two other parts. So mm -hmm. so it's it's yeah I it's very exciting. I know I don't know if understudying for everyone, but I love it. It just kind of keeps me on my toes and makes sure that um I just make sure it just keeps things fresh and it just. Yeah, so it, and I feel very lucky because I identify myself as a dancer as well, not just a singer and an actor. So I, I love that I get to dance every single night in the show, and then crossing fingers, hopefully we'll be able to do principal work. You know, so it's a it's a pretty sweet gig. While Jackie's talent and work ethic has gotten her to be the success she is on Broadway, she credits the origin of her career to her time at TCU. Oh man, I won't get emotional, but <laughs> the TCU for me was just, it pushed me in ways I can't even recall. Cause in the moment of TCU, it's hard, man. It's hard doing that BFA and it's hard making sure you're a role model for everyone. And it's hard making sure that you're fulfilling your degree and you're you're going to class all day with your 20 hours and then you go to rehearsal at night and then you're trying to get rest because you have a math test in the morning. Uh, it's just in the moment, it looked so impossible. But looking back on my time at TCU, the professors push you to be a really great human at TCU and they really do love calling you out on your BS and they love calling you out on in, in the best way possible because they know that like, college is such an informative time and TCU is just such a good way of holding us up to a really high standard but without doing it in an unhealthy way um the professors always had an open door policy which is what I really appreciated as a person um because with ever what was going on at home or if I was going through x y and z which you know happened in college four years is a especially when you're an alien at 18 years old, there's a lot happening to you. And it's just kind of like the fact that TCU had such good resources in our program. And I hope that's every program at TCU. The fact that we just had such good resources to be there for us as we're growing and we're maturing. And the fact that everybody had an open door policy and allowed us to, to ask questions and allow us to just kind of grow up and doing it in such just this like I it makes me truly emotional thinking about it but doing it in such like a graceful way those professors just like really care about us and they really care about like 
not just us that we're, we're excelling as an actor, but that we're excelling as a human. And I just don't think that's the case everywhere. I think there's a lot of programs that train you to be a really good actor and don't care about you as a person. And they, they want you to look a certain way and they want you to be a certain weight and they want you to do all these things. But at the end of the day, they don't care that your family's going through a divorce. They don't care that this is happening to you. But at TCU, like, oh man, like it just, it really allowed me to grow up and I will always thank TCU for that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think in terms of as an actor, I really just, I'm so thankful that they allowed us as musical theater performers, they allowed us to, to be an actor first, which is something I didn't realize at 18 is what I needed because I was a dancer and a singer and I sometimes acted, which is hilarious now that I'm thinking about that because as an actor in New York City, you will not get hired if you are not a strong actor, if you are not truthful, if you are not connected. And the fact that TCU treats us as actors, because technically we get a BFA in theater with an emphasis in musical theater. Technically, when I was at TCU, I was I was achieving an acting degree, which isn't the case everywhere. And I'm just baffled that they have it so correct at TCU. I just want to tell everybody about it. <laughs> I'm like, TCU is just a little, the little diamond in the rough in terms of um, programs, I think. And I'm really proud of the way, I'm really proud of the way um, TCU's growing and the reputation is growing in New York City. And I feel really, really lucky to continue the legacy and to add, you know, TCU to whatever bio or resume I have. So. And when you look at, you said how, how demanding the schedule was and the time was, do you have a favorite memory you look at it? This is one of those, just, this is the clear example of what my time at TCU was like, a, a favorite memory. Oh man. Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> favorite memory. I think at TCU, it was probably, oh man. Wow. This is a good question. Cause I have just so many. And, you, you know, you don't really think about college that often until you're asking. Oh, I miss it every day. I haven't been to Fort Worth in a hot second, so I'm trying to see if I can come visit. But um, I think a favorite memory of mine, I just have this vivid memory of <laughs> of a day that I was describing to you where I think it was a Saturday. It wasn't even a day in class. It was supposed to be a day of rest. And I have a vivid memory of getting out of bed and going to the theater department and walking into our green room and seeing all of us just studying and going over lines and just like being with each other. And I think I was a senior, so I was feeling extra sappy. And I just remember like looking at everyone and seeing how special everyone was and, uh, and like walking upstairs and with my note cards, trying to cram for some test and finding a little a little nook somewhere tucked away in the theater department, learning and cramming for one, you know, one class. And then I'd run downstairs and run to one of our theater spaces and rehearse something with three other girls. And then I'd run back upstairs and rehearse my kids because I was in a directing class and I'd rehearse my kids. And I got home and I was so exhausted. And I just remember thinking that like, this is it. This is, this is, I'm not going to get this any, any other time. When, in my life, am I ever going to be able to just kind of like live, breathe, and eat theater? And I haven't since then. That was like <clears throat> really the only time in my life where I was totally immersed in theater. So that for some reason is a really funny day that's sticking out to me. I'm sure I have way funnier stories, like whenever it hails at TCU and we had to like stop a show, I think one time, 
for it, like the hailstorm, which I'm from Georgia and done the hail here, honey. So I was, <laughs> we were like, what is happening? But I think in terms of like a day that is really sticking out to me, it was just a Saturday where we're not supposed to be working, but we were working as theater kids and we were, you know, grinding and wanting to be better at our craft. And so that's that and go frogs. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story with thank us. You today. Oh, thank you to KTCU and co manager Jeff so Craig for, for their editing I, I of this I episode. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU alumni are changing the world.